You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Stephen Yi. Well, good morning, everyone. I'm so glad to be here with all of you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Uh, welcome to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. Uh, what a blessing it is to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus together. You know, there's two things as you look at your program today, two announcements that I want to highlight yet again. Uh, the first one is on this flyer here inside your program. It's not on the screen. It's in this flyer. And that's the fall festival. All right, and that's this Saturday, starting at 4 o'clock. And this, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this is an opportunity for us to reach out to friends, to loved ones, uh, even to strangers, and invite them to come. And our prayer is that as we reach out, as we invite people, that they will be able to connect with us, that we will be able to connect with them. And we pray that as we connect with other people, that we, in turn, will be able to help them connect with Jesus. That's why we are having this fall festival. Yes, it will be fun. Yes, we will celebrate the fall. (laughs) Uh, We will get candy and we will eat. But make no mistake, there's a reason why we do this. It's so that God would allow us to be a part of accomplishing his mission, that we would be able to connect with others and that we would be able to help them connect with Jesus. So please make a point to come. You don't have to be a child to come. Yes, bring children that you know, invite them to come, but also bring your friends, bring adults, bring, invite families to come. Do you have to have a family to come? No, you can come by yourself, but bring somebody else, all right? Secondly, Sunday, October 29th, following fall festival, we have Mission Sunday. And what is Mission Sunday? Some of you still think, Oh, they're just going to talk about going to other countries, sharing the gospel. And I tell you, you are mistaken. Mission Sunday. Yeah, I know you all hear that, so please try not to be distracted. I'm, I'm tapping here. No, that's not me. Um, but uh, Mission Sunday, this is an opportunity. This is not an outreach for Sunday. This is not an outreach This is for you to invite your other brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow members of Northwest Chinese Baptist Church, to come and to celebrate, to worship God, and to celebrate the great things that he has been doing. Did you know our church is growing? Did you know that God is working in the hearts of his people here at Northwest to accomplish his mission, to grow and to build his church? We're gathering together to focus in on the mission of God uh, next Sunday to celebrate the great things that he has done and to look ahead to the great things that he has yet to do and to encourage one another to get involved, to get connected, to start serving, to be a part of God's mission, to get on board. That is going to be what we are doing next Sunday. And so you see the time. It starts at 9.30, all right? We're going to worship together. We're going to, there's going to be a time of sharing. Brothers and sisters that have experienced God do great things are going to come up to the stage. We're going to be outside worshiping with our Chinese-speaking brothers and sisters together as one body. 
It's going to be an amazing time of worship. And so I invite you, make plans, make arrangements to be here. All right? And also, please pray. Pray for how God is leading you at whatever season of life that you are in. Just know that as long as you are alive and breathing, God has plans for you. And God is calling you to join him on his mission. And so please come. And please pray. And please pray for yourself that you would be sensitive to how God is leading you to join him in his mission. So would you do that? Saturday, October 28th, Sunday, October 29th. If you come early at 9.15 on Sunday, I guarantee you there will be some donuts <laughs> and coffee outside, all right? Even if it's me that makes that coffee, it's going to be wonderful, all right? Come early and be ready. And not only that, well, we're going to have a baptism out here, uh, and uh, we're going to celebrate God changing lives and saving people. And so don't miss it. How many of you like to ask or ponder those questions where you think about what or who is the greatest? Any of you like those talking about or debating those types of questions? Like, like what is the greatest food in the world? Who is the greatest president of the United States? Don't say it out loud. You know, questions like who is the great, what is the, who is the greatest baseball team of all time? Of course, our, our baseball team, the Diamondbacks, right? The Arizona Diamondbacks, who are currently in the National League Championship Series against the lowly Philadelphia Phillies. Go D-backs, right? How many of you have wondered what, who is the greatest basketball team or the greatest starting lineup in basketball ever? Well, of course, the Phoenix Suns this year. And their starting lineup filled with superstars. What is the greatest football team of all time? Well, our football team, the Arizona Cardinals. Well, they're not doing too great, but, but we're really excited for next season. All right, we could keep these questions going all day. There's so many that we could talk about and debate and discuss in all truth, but with all fun. You know, our, but this desire, right, to think about or to ponder the, the, the best, the greatest, it's nothing new. And, and we see this even in biblical times. We see this here in this passage of scripture that we are studying this morning in Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 34. Even in the time of Jesus, a religious leader asked Jesus, Jesus, what is the most important, what is the greatest command? Out of all of your commands, out of all the laws, what is the greatest? Someone asked him. Now, being all wise and being the word, Jesus answered him. But instead of just one command, Jesus gave him two. And both commands that Jesus answers this scribe with, this religious leader with, they all have to do with one topic. You guys all remember? Can any of you guess? Food. No, love. They have to do with love. Both of these commands are grounded in our responsibility to love. We are to love God and love people. 
And our response to these two commandments, really what it does, our response to these two commands, to love God and to love people, they really expose our hearts. And they, these, our response to these commands, what they do is they really reveal what is most important to you and I. Our response to those two commands, love God and love people, they reveal our hearts and what matters most to us. So as, as we study this passage today, I pray that we will see, and this is the truth for life that I want to share with you this morning, we will see that love is the supreme characteristic of a follower of Jesus. It's not being nice. It's not being good. It's not being moral. The greatest characteristic of a follower of Jesus is love. Would you stand with me? I want to read this passage out loud this morning with you. But as I read it out loud, would you please follow along silently? Mark chapter 12. And you can open your Bibles, please. Open it to Mark chapter 12. And I'm going to read verses 28 through 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him, any more questions. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father God, we praise you. You are God Almighty. You're the creator of the heavens and the earth. You are all powerful. You are sovereign. You are in control of all things at all times. And God, we give you praise. Thank you so much for your word, your revelation to us, your very words, truth. Thank you, God, that Now, as we study your word, we can get to know you more. We can get to know your love. And not only that, God, but we can stand upon, firmly upon your truth. And then we can live it out. We can live by it. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for your amazing grace and your unending mercies. God, help us to understand what you're saying to us this morning. Help us, God, to also live out what you are commanding us to do today. God, show us each how it is that you are calling us to live out these two commands this morning. God, we praise you. We thank you. God, we lift up, I lift up my brothers and sisters to you this morning. Some of us are struggling through different situations. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's mental, maybe it's a physical struggle, that a spiritual struggle that we're going through. God, I pray that you would help us to fix our eyes and our hearts upon you. 
God, I pray that you would remind my brothers and my sisters today who are going through something difficult, remind them uh, of your presence Remind them that you are here. Remind them that you care. Remind them that you love them. Remind them that you have a plan. And that you have a plan even for our pain. God, help us today. Help us not only to hear you, but help us to listen to you. God, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So what do we see happening here? In Mark chapter 12, well, a scribe, a scribe, a, a, a religious leader uh, who, who knew the word of God, right? He'd come to Jesus, he'd overheard Jesus' disputes with other Jewish leaders, and he saw that Jesus answered them well. So this man asked Jesus a question that was often discussed in religious circles, and he asked him what? He asked him, which command is most important? Which is the greatest commandment of all? Now, if you really think about that question, you know, this is harder to discuss and harder to determine, harder to answer than you think. If you think about the, the Jewish tradition and even the tradition of the rabbis, They had identified 613 commands in the first five books of the Old Testament. About 613 commands. So this question, right, is a little harder than you think. Out of all the hundreds of commands, what is the greatest one? And out of these 613, 365 of them were negative commands. 248 were positive. So the scribe is really asking Jesus, Jesus, I want to to know what you think. I want to know what you say. Out of all these commands, what is the greatest? Forcing Jesus kind of to, to take a stand here. But Jesus is not phased. He is not <laughs> surprised. Our Lord, he gladly answers this scribe. And Jesus, and his answer, as we look at it, it takes us to the core of, of really what is most important in this life, in our lives with him. What really matters in this life? And Jesus says, what was his answer? Love God. Love God. Some of us today, we we talk about or you think about a relationship with Jesus. You think about following Jesus. And what do you think about? You think about all these things that we're supposed to do and all these things that we're, we're not to do. Jesus says, it's about loving God. And it's about loving one another. You see, that brings us to our first point. Right? What really matters in this life? Jesus says, love God. We are commanded to love God. Look at verses 28 through 30 again. Right? One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. And noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus says, the most important one. He quotes scripture. It is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And so he points to to who God is. And see, in this command to love God, we need to love God for who he actually is. We need to love him and worship him, right, in spirit and in truth. We need to love God for who he is. And therefore, that means we need to take the time and look to his word to get to know him in who he is. In truth. 
And so here, right, in this, this verse, in these verses, Jesus quotes what Israel called the Shema. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 5. And we looked, we talked about, we studied a little bit of Deuteronomy last week when we talked about how amazing it is to have a covenant relationship with God. But Jesus points to the scriptures that these Jewish leaders would know. And he points them back to the, the scriptures that they have memorized. And he says, that says this, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 5. I'm just going to read it to you. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And see, these religious leaders would have memorized this. This is a confession that was recited by every devout Jewish person, both in the morning and in the evening. They memorized this. You see, actually, this passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, it is the heart and soul of the Hebrew faith and really of Christianity. God, Yahweh, God is one. He is unified and unique in essence and in existence. He alone is God, and there is no one like him. There is no other God. He is the one and only true living God. God has revealed in Scripture, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? He is the one true living God, the one we worship, the one we serve. And I pray He is the one that we love. The religious leaders could debate all they want about all kinds of different things, but Jesus brings them back to the foundation of faith. We love God because of who he is. So in this passage in Deuteronomy, the Shema, is, is, it's both informative, right? it's pointing to who God is, and it's also instructive, teaching us that loving God means that we will obey God. Loving God means that we will obey God. And some of us have it mixed up. Some of us think that, oh, I need to obey God to show him that I love him. No, that, that's the wrong order. Right? We love God, therefore we obey him. We were reminded last week of, of who God is when we talked about his covenant to us. Our covenant with him. Our covenant relationship with him. He is. God is, is wonderful. God, our God is glorious it's an awesome. He is so awesome that we want to do what? We just want to just keep it to ourselves? No, we want to tell the world about the great things that he has done and his great love for us. So, right, in light of who God is, we choose to love him with everything. This is not just a, just a command, but, but don't get it wrong, Right? It's our love for God that leads us to obey Him. Therefore, because we know who He is, how wonderful our God is, because we know His amazing love, His unending love, therefore, we choose to love God with everything. Look at Mark 12, verse 30 with me again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. 
Loving God means we love Him with everything, every fiber of our being, everything that God has blessed us with. We see this one word repeated four times. What word is it? What is it? All. Thank you, sister. Thank you for answering the question. All. And you all knew that. You all knew that the answer is all. And whenever you see repetition in the Bible, we should take notice. Because it means that this is something that is trying to be emphasized. (laughs) All right? Love the Lord with all with everything. Loving God means loving Him with everything, with every fiber of your being. And it really does require our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. One pastor, commentator, Kent Hughes, he says this, it does not take much of a man to be a believer, but it takes all there is of him. Let me read that again. It does not take much of a man to be a believer, but it takes all there is of him. Right? It doesn't take just much. It takes all. And when we talk about loving God, don't ever forget this truth. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. You can write this down, please. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. When we talk about loving God, don't ever forget this truth. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Why do we love God? Because he loved us first. And I know there's somebody here today that needs to hear the truth that God loves you. Not because of what you can do for him. Not because of what you can't do for him. God loves you because God is love and God chooses to love you. And when you get to know God's amazing, unconditional, unending love, that's when you can really begin to love Him back. That's when you can truly begin to experience what love is and also to love other people. Brothers and sisters, did you hear what I said? There's no way that you can know what love is and there's no way that you can love even your family unless first you start by loving God. And if that, unless at first you start with understanding how God loves you. Jesus tells us the greatest commandment of all of his commands is to love God. And then he says the second is to love your neighbor. And that's the second main point here. We are commanded not only to love God first and foremost. We are also commanded to love others like Jesus loves us. Look at and think about this. How, how you respond to the greatest commandment to love God will determine how you respond to the second commandment. When you obey the second, it shows that you have embraced the first. Right? There's no way that we can love each other unless we first love God. Look at verse 31 with me again. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these 
when you look at this section of the passage, we learn a lot about love. And here in verse 31, we see that love is genuine. Love is genuine. You see, Jesus boils all the laws down to something that we must do rather than things not to do. He, he talks about this as something we should do, but also as something that we should be as his followers, as, as God's children, those who have been redeemed and changed and are being sanctified and changed, transformed from the inside out. It's something to do and something to be. Love must be who we are. Love is genuine. The love of God is genuine. How is this possible then? This seems like an impossible command to follow. There's no way I could live love like you, Jesus. Well, it is possible in and through Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, that's the whole point, right? We couldn't save ourselves. God is the only one that could save us. And therefore, right, he sent his son Jesus. And in doing so, what did God demonstrate when he sent his one and only son? What does he tell us? God demonstrated his love to us in this way, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for you and for me. God created us to love. To love him and to love other people. And only when we trust him as Lord and allow him to change us from the inside out, then and only then can we truly love like Jesus. See, we can only love when the Holy Spirit of God, when he is in us, when he is changing us, when he is empowering us, when he is guiding us, when he gives us everything that we need to do, everything that he's called and created for us to do. Let's get this straight. <clears throat> We need to also understand this is not a verse about self-love, right? Some of us, we, we distort the scriptures when we say, when we see, oh, you're, you're to love your neighbor like you love yourself. Oh, first, I need to love myself, and until I love myself, I will not, I cannot love other people. This is not a passage of, like, that is not the correct interpretation. You see, when, when we think like that, when our world tells us that, well, you need to learn to let's just love yourself. That's a lie. You see, what we need to understand is that there is a healthy kind of self-love that recognizes that we are the objects of God's love. Yes, we need to come to that point where we understand, right, and embrace the love of God and to recognize God does love me, not because I've reached some level, because he is love, and he chooses to love me. I am loved by God. But this passage is saying that the normal love that we have for ourselves is now to be turned towards others. So just like you take care of yourself, just like you care about the things that are important to you and you provide for yourself, that's how you're to love other people. We see that love is, is not... A feeling, even though feelings come with love. Love comes with feelings, but first and foremost, love, we need to understand, brothers and sisters, that love is an action. And we see that love is sacrificial, right? When you look at the scriptures here in verse 32 and 33, right? Look at verse 33, to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices, the scribe here responds with delight and, and affirms 
Jesus' confession of, of who God is and the love he deserves and the love he deserves requires from us, requires of us. As we love God, we will love people like Jesus loves us. And what does love look like? Love means sacrifice. Here's a definition that I always like to tell people and ask that you try to remember it. Love is willingly sacrificing for the benefit of somebody else. Love is willingly sacrificing for the benefit of someone else because that's what Jesus did for us, isn't it? Real devotion to Jesus, real religion, an authentic relationship with Jesus is ultimately a matter of the heart. God's ultimate desire for us is not our, is not our actions. God wants our affection. He commands us to love him. You see, rituals will always pale to the priority of a right relationship with God. You see, the starting point for love, we need to understand, is trusting God, trusting his love for you. And then the product of us, our faith is lived out in how we love, how we willingly sacrifice for the benefit of others. Brothers and sisters, you know our church is growing. If you didn't know, I want you to know today. God is moving in the hearts of his people, which means you and me here at Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. And he's leading many of us to get involved in his mission to make disciples of all nations. Baptizing and teaching them to obey all that he has commanded. Many of us also, as we join God in his mission, as we desire to love and serve the Lord, we all know that it's not easy. We heard about it. We hear about it daily. They're, they're our brothers and sisters, they're tired. It's hard to work with people. It's hard to be in relationship with one another because sometimes I hurt you and sometimes you hurt me. Sometimes I don't agree with you and sometimes you don't agree with me. Sometimes I say something that I didn't really mean to say and something that hurts you. Sometimes I do something that, that doesn't sit right with you or you do something that, that hurt me. We, we're imperfect and we make mistakes and it's hard when you start to love someone because when you love someone and when you make that choice to love, that means you make yourself vulnerable. But it's worth it. It's worth it, right? Some of us spend our whole lives protecting ourselves so that we don't get hurt. Jesus devoted his whole life to dying. So that we could have life. Yes, serving the Lord, loving people is hard. And actually the reality is it's impossible for us to do it on our own. But that's why there is hope. Right? Christ in you. Christ in me. We can love people. We can serve people. We can help lead them to Jesus. And we can persevere and not give up. Why? Because God is in us, giving us everything we need, strengthening, strengthening us, guiding us, loving us, equipping us to do everything he's planned for us to do. It's worth it. And there will be an end to this life as we know it on this earth. A day is coming when Jesus is going to come back. 
and it's coming soon. And that day, all of us, those of us who put our faith in Jesus Christ, we will be with him face to face, and we will know beyond the shadow of a doubt, we will experience why he is worth it. And see, that's why this last reminder I I just want to share with us as we close out our study this morning. We need to understand that love is crucial. You see, look at verse 34. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. He's talking about his, his eternal destination. And from then on, no one dared ask Jesus any more questions. You see, Jesus commended the scribe for knowing the right answers. Love is more important than doing stuff. Loving God is more important than doing stuff for God. If we get the order mixed up, then we've missed the mark. Well, let me get really practical about the necessity of love here. We have many events planned as a church. We do a lot of things here as Northwest Chinese Baptist Church. We have two events coming up. Now, one of them is designated as outreach on October 28th, our fall festival. You see, there's a difference here. And we need to all check our hearts and ask God to check our hearts. I can commit to attending the fall festival, and I can even invite 100 people to come on October 28th. But see, we need to understand that the why, the why is more important than the what. You see, what if the reason that I'm attending the fall festival and inviting 100 people to the fall festival is because I think that if I don't do those things, then God will not love me. Then God will not be pleased with me if I don't attend and if I don't invite 100 people. See, what does that reveal about my faith? What does that reveal about my understanding of who God is? It has nothing to do with loving him. It has nothing to do with loving the people. I'm just trying to be accepted by God by inviting 100 people. I don't care about the 100 people. I'm just trying to earn your love, God. I'm attending because I think I have to earn your approval. And not because I'm thinking of your love and your grace and how your desire is to save these people. And that you've already saved me. But on the other hand, what if on the forefront of my mind is the amazing love of God, His amazing grace, His unending mercies, how Jesus died for me and rose from the dead and saved me from my sin? What if it's because I love Him that I want to be obedient to His Word? I want to love people by inviting them because I know that if they come, they might connect with someone and they might connect with Jesus They might hear the gospel and be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. What if that's the reason why I come and that's the reason why I invite a hundred people? That's completely different, isn't it? As opposed to looking out for myself and thinking that I have to earn God's love and favor as opposed to because of God's love for me, because he saved me, because I have good news to share, that's why I'm going to come, and that's why I'm going to tell other people. Love God with everything, and love people just like Jesus loves you and me. See, this is why love is crucial. Really, if you think about it, it has to do with how we understand God's word, how we understand the good news of Jesus. This could be a matter of salvation for some of us today. 
how we understand God's love. God's love. Brothers and sisters, I pray. These are not hard to understand, these commands, are they? But I pray that we would be a people that first and foremost love God. And that as we love God, we would secondly be obedient to Him. And that it would show in each of our lives by how we love God and love people and serve others. And that's my prayer for you. And I ask you to pray for me. And I pray that Northwest Chinese Baptist Church would be a church that loves God, loves people, and serves others to the glory of God for His kingdom until we see Him face to face. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we thank You so much for Your your great love for us, Your unconditional love. Thank You, God, for Your amazing grace. God, I pray that as we go out from this place, God, that You would search our hearts. And I pray, God, I know there's someone here that maybe has has misunderstood You, that has misunderstood the good news of the gospel. And maybe today they understand how much you love them, how Jesus died for them, and that all they have to do in order to be forgiven and changed and made new is to put their trust in you, God, to confess Jesus as their Lord, and I pray that they would do that right now, that they would simply say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I'm not perfect. I know I, I fall short of your perfect standard every day, but God, I, I recognize that I need you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the dead to save me from my sins. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord today. And I thank you for giving me new life, life eternal with you for the rest of forever. Thank you for your amazing love, Jesus. God, I pray that if a friend prayed that prayer just now and and confessed that Jesus as his Lord today, that they would know that, that their sins are forgiven, that they've been given new life, that they have now the blessed assurance of eternal life. And God, I also lift up my brothers and sisters. God, I pray for all of us, even me, God, that you would search my heart. God, help me to be obedient to all of your commands. But first and foremost, God, help me to love you with everything. And God, I pray that as a response and as, as fruit, God, as a fruit of faith, that I would in turn, God, be able to show and to give the love of Jesus to the people that you blessed me with in my life. God, I pray for your help. Help us to be a church that loves you and obeys you. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I'm not going to ask you to come forward today. I want to ask you to rise and we're going to sing this song. and, And as we sing this song, I pray that you would take that step towards God and that you would, if you need to ask him for forgiveness, that you would do so. But if you're feeling led to, to follow him and to trust him and to love him, that you would ask him, God, show me how to love people intentionally today. As we sing this song. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to the other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcasts.